for this system to change, to eradicate systemic racism, all tools need to be used. You know, I think that we want to see this at the, the grassroots level all the way to the level that the consumer can feel it, to show that we're committed to it. So for me, on my hand, I advocate all tools to sort of root out as systemic racism. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something, the podcast that explores those wardrobe decisions we make every day and educates, empowers, and entertains culturally through fashion history, business, and style trends. I'm your host, Nicole, a creative bridge builder with a mission to elevate marginalized voices. Alexander McQueen's creative director and the right hand to Lee McQueen has stepped down and immediately Irish designer Sean McGuire was appointed her successor. Now, it seems that most of the time when a new creative director is appointed, it's a white man. I mean, weren't we supposed to be mixing things up DEI-wise with this initiative and that initiative, you know, since the George Floyd awakening of 2020? Did they even interview a woman? a person of color. All creative directors under fashion conglomerate caring are now all white men in 2023. Caring is the parent company to legacy brands like McQueen, Balenciaga, Brioni, Gucci, Saint Laurent, Bottega Veneta, none of which are led by women or people of color. Gucci earlier this year appointed Italian designer Sabato DiSarno as creative director in place of longtime head Alessandro Michel, also an Italian man. American Demna Vasalia has been the head of Balenciaga since 2015. Austrian Norbert Stumpfel leads Brioni. Anthony Vaccarello, a Belgian-Italian man, is the creative director of Saint Laurent. And French designer Mattia Blasi is the top designer at Bottega Veneta. Kering has said it has introduced a series of tangible pledges that will work toward promoting equal opportunities for men and women at every level, but of the 29 creative directors who have ever led its six major fashion houses, only five were women. The brand says its total workforce is currently made up of 63% women and that 57% of managers 38% of its executive committee, and 40% of its board of directors are women with a goal of gender balance by the end of 2025. But it ain't that damn hard to add some color. Just interview people of color and women. I am always wondering why there are never, ever, black women at the head of these brands. And most of the customers are women, the pattern makers are women, the sewers are women. Best believe there are women that assist executives, but never leading, never CEO. And this is a disgrace. Like Carly Cushney, she's a black woman, y'all, formerly of Cushney and Ox, is talented and available. Or Azed Jean-Pierre, Mackie O, hell, Tracy Reese. She was part of the graduating class with Marc Jacobs and has shown at New York Fashion Week pretty consistently. Sadly, her line sold well initially, not because, you know, y'all were so excited to support black business. 
it's more likely she had a name that could be potentially passing for white. And yes, having a non-ethnic name does help. So why are so many creative directors white men? Shortly after the announcement, a collage of all six white male creative directors shared by fashion education platform One Granary went viral on social media, as did a tweet breaking down the statistics of women and POC creative directors of brands under other fashion conglomerates. The picture isn't much brighter outside of caring, of the top 30 luxury brands in the Vogue Business Index, eight of the 33 creative director roles are currently held by women. Um, Maria Churi of Dior, Stella McCartney, uh, Virginie Viard of Chanel, Mucha Prada, and, and that's her brand, so she has her own business of Prada. Um, this woman, Nadej of Hermes, Donatella, Donatella Versace. Versace, you know, her brother was murdered, so his sister, you know, inherited the business, and Sandra Choi of Jimmy Choo. There are only two POC men in creative director roles, and I believe this means for caring, I mean, excuse me, LVMH, Pharrell Williams at Louis Vuitton and Maximilian Davis at Ferragamo. But let's not forget about Olivier Roustan, who is still at the helm of Balmain. And he recently found out that both of his birth parents are black, so he's blackity black, but before he assumed that he was mixed. And it just seems like we have to not just be qualified. Black people definitely have to be famous, you know, if you are going to be in consideration. Like Pharrell Williams is a global icon who has already has, you know, successful collaborations in his own line for years. So why do we have to be so overqualified? Um, Choi is the only woman of color in a creative director role across the 30 houses. And as fashion editors, commentators, and buyers took to social media to spotlight their favorite women designers, it became clear that the imbalance isn't due to a lack of talent. The Met Museum's upcoming exhibition, Women Dressing Women, opens in December. It will feature pieces from 70 designers, women, including Jeanne Lonvin, Elsa Scaparelli, Iris Van Herpen, Ray Kawakubo, and Simone Rocha. So if you have 70 designers who are women and they're talented enough for the Met to host an exhibition, um, again, why, why isn't this talent being promoted, appointed, etc.? right? Um, there was a woman, a Turkish-born London-based designer, Dilara Fendikoglu, I'm sure I butchered that. Um, she was a favorite to replace Sarah Burton at McQueen. Also, Martine Rose and Grace Wells Bonner, who are both black women, um, and they have their own successful labels, were rumored, rumored contenders for Louis Vuitton. But eventually it went to Pharrell, right? Let's, you know, let's be real, it's going to go to Pharrell. Uh, especially after another famous black man, Virgil Abloh, may he rest. Um, I hope y'all got a, a nice listen to uh, one of his major points at the beginning of this show, um, that is Virgil speaking on systemic racism. But why are these women being overlooked? Very simply, the people who are at the top pay very little attention to women and pay absolutely no attention to people of color. And if you are a woman and a person of color, well, that makes appointments even less likely. Um, Martine Rose, Wells Bonner, and Fendi Koglu 
have never commented on whether, you know, these rumors were true of their possible recruitment at major levels. Um, But the lack of diversity across luxury groups is a vicious cycle. More recently, appointments to creative director roles have been promotions from within. The ranks of the brand's designs to be as like flashy young designers, um, all of them men, of course, and they, a lot of them haven't even panned out. So promoting from within reduces the odds that diversity or a fresh perspective is going to even be considered. Past designer turnover may also turn you know young women off. It may turn PLC designers away to consider the roles at all. Like, what's going on internally? Why do you have so much turnover? That's a that's a red flag. And also, why would you give up your own thing to go and work for Louis Vuitton uh, if you don't think they're going to have your best interests at heart? Until we provide safe and transparent places for people to work, you know, you're not going to encourage POCs or women to pursue heritage fashion houses. Even if an individual manages to overcome the socioeconomic barriers to entering the fashion industry, the battle is only getting started, especially for POCs. Then you're the only person of color in any of these rooms, which means that you spend a lot of time advocating for yourself, which is a second job. If you're not strong enough to do that, then you just, you kind of get lost. Over the years, there have been initiatives set up to address the lack of diversity in fashion. Caring launched an internal program in 2010 to advance gender equality and was one of the first signatories of the Women's Empowerment Principles Charter established by UN Women and the United Nations Global Compact. Now, if it's that serious, why is there no change? These initiatives are often addressed the lower and middle levels of the industry rather than the top tiers. Listen, we know y'all don't mind black people serving customers at the store level. We're not, we're not talking about that. There was a big push in 2020. Oh, we're listening, we're learning. But then the only people who got roles were juniors, people who were internal. It's a way of fulfilling the bare minimum, but not going above that. And although caring credits, mentoring programs for women, accounting for 38% of their executive board, none of them are women of color. Um, Denim Tears founder Tremaine Emery is one of the few black designers to reach the upper rungs of the fashion industry. He was appointed Supreme's first creative director in February of 2022. Within 18 months, he had resigned citing systemic racism as his reason for leaving. And of course, Supreme, you know, is denying that so much for listening and learning. And while we're on denial, please stop. Please stop being in denial. When you finally appoint someone black, that is the time to listen and to learn because the cracks in your culture will almost immediately show. We live in a world where the white male patriarchy controls things. So, you know, I don't see why people are so surprised. So what exactly makes white male creative directors so compelling to be fashion CEOs? It's the way that people are programmed, especially when you wanna maintain power and control. You're gonna wanna pass that down to someone who looks like you. And in this case, it's white men, same old story. There is some kind of fear that if we give women or POCs more power, then white men are gonna lose control. 
When we have just men at the helm designing fashion, regardless of their sexuality, they prescribe to the male gaze without even thinking about it. The heels are high, the skirts are short, the catwalks are littered with thin white models. We're really telling just one story and one way of being a woman over and over and over again. Sarah Burton's final McQueen show was one of few in Paris that featured plus and mid-sized models. The, the homogenization of fashion is intentional. Many of the men at the forefront of fashion are unqualified for their positions. They have valid, progressive, and thoughtful visions of the future of fashion, but the active exclusion of the visions of women and creatives of color may be in order to maintain a singular vision of fashion. Conglomerates may be trying to streamline customers in this way, which makes it easier to organize people into shoppers, but it excludes more broader visions of fashion that reflect diverse visions of society. It may also be in their interest to exclude these voices so that their power and singular storytelling goes unchallenged, unquestioned, by people whose work could critique that kind of power. People are mad, people are outraged, and that's just not gonna be enough for meaningful change. As long as customers keep buying, nothing will change. These brands, they always survive a little bit of outrage. Um, so as long as the consumers don't view themselves as the real decision makers with their investments, there will be little change. People are reposting this infographic and that statistic, but are they going to stop going to the shows? Are they gonna stop buying Bottega? People are complaining about all white male creative directors, but sales are up, numbers are up. If they're complaining and the numbers are down, then yeah, maybe you'll see Wells Bonner or Martine Rose up in there. And that's how it works though, that's capitalism. They have to hurt the bottom line. So, you know, for Emory, the only way to change the fashion system is by supporting the designers people say they want to see in those positions. Instead of waiting for Grace Wells Bonner to get a position at LVMH or Karen Group, just support her brand. Go to her fashion shows, wear her clothing, and the magazines and the films she makes and all of that is just as important or more important than if she went and got a job at Louis Vuitton. Buy black or support black business has not survived past our 2020 outrage, but I really, I really wish we could go back to that, y'all. These companies will not change if we keep giving them record-breaking sales quarters. And until we change that, nothing will change. Until next time, peace. Peace.